Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 88, Wednesday, August 5th, 2020, and I hope all of you out there are enjoying round-the-clock sports right now, despite the circumstances, because I know I am. Last week's episode delved deeply into recent legal developments in the sports betting industry and why Illinois has completely messed up legalized sports gambling to the detriment of all state taxpayers. So in this episode, we're just going to focus in on the good stuff with some good old sports betting talk. Last night, I sat down for an interview with Quincy and Oliver of the Top Class Finish podcast to talk about the Champions League restart this Friday across the pond. Quincy is out in New Hampshire right now, and Oliver is in Michigan. And you won't be smart to listen to these guys' soccer insights. Last year when I brought those two on the pod to preview the Champions League final, Quincy gave out Virgil van Dyke to win man of the match at a crazy number, like 45 to 1, 50 to 1, or something like that. So, And, and sure enough, he won that. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, we've got that interview. And I'll also dive into some golf handicapping with tomorrow being the first major of the year for golf with the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park in the Bay Area, where it may feel more like a British Open. (laughs) But before I dive into all of that, history was made in the NBA yesterday when the Nets beat the Bucks 119-116 as 19-point underdogs, per ESPN's David Purdom. It was the biggest single-game upset in the association since 1993 when the Mavericks were 19.5-point underdogs versus the Supersonics and won that game outright. Some people out there laid minus 3,300 with the Bucks yesterday. The Bucks were coming off a loss to the Rockets. Uh, Due to the extreme variance involved right now in the bubble um, down in Florida and with the Bucks' spot as the top seed in the East all but locked up, you got to be crazy to be laying minus 3,300 in a single regular season game with any team at any time, let alone during these unprecedented times. Even so, from a betting perspective, the early returns in the NBA have been split right down the middle with dogs 16 and 14 against the spread versus favorites. And in terms of totals, 16 overs to go with 14 unders heading into today's action. That doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities out there, though. No, in fact, there have been plenty. And in the next few games, be careful in assessing teams' motivation and player news as lots of these teams will be making it a point to rest their starters heading into the playoffs. So also beware of overreacting to any one result like that Nets game. The Bucks are still the team to beat in the East, and if the Bucks played full strength against the Nets again tomorrow, we'd be looking at a double-digit point spread with all things being equal in terms of current healthy player personnel, a.k.a. You know, no Kyrie, no KD for the Nets. Illinois betters, you have new options available to you in terms of outs, and remember the third commandment of the Doggy Juice Ten Commandments for sports betting is have multiple outs. Now you have multiple legal outs here in the land of Lincoln. William Hill officially opened its physical sports book at Grand Victoria Casino in Elgin over the weekend. The William Hill app is still not available for Illinois betters, so there's no mobile yet for them, but it is supposed to come soon. And even when it does, you'll have to go in to register for it in person, of course, thanks to our wonderful governor. Uh, For more on that, listen to last week's episode. 
But also, as of this afternoon, Bet Rivers Monopoly on the mobile sports betting market in Illinois is no more. DraftKings at Casino Queen down in East St. Louis officially went live today. And the DraftKings app is now available for Illinois sports bettors to bet on. But the problem is, obviously, for us up here in Chicagoland, we have to drive all the way down to East St. Louis to sign up, which, as AM670 The Score's Joe Ostrovsky prudently points out, it's the same as driving from Chicago to Cincinnati. So Pet Rivers' monopoly on mobile sports betting here in Illinois may be technically over, but it's effectively still in place for now. More on that in a second. But back to DraftKings. For those looking to make the long, arduous drive from Chicagoland down to St. Louis to register in person, please be aware that Bet Rivers and DraftKings both use Canby as their odds provider, meaning you're going to get identical or substantially similar lines at both outs at all times. All things equal, it's definitely still worth registering at DraftKings, though, just to take advantage of the bonus alone. But they will also have more markets available, um, definitely more props, player props, and their technology is in much better shape than Bed Rivers, too. So it's definitely worth your while to check out. Obviously, DraftKings, you'll be able to sign up remotely from the comfort of your couch after that penalty box runs, the year-and-a-half runs, uh, the penalty box provision that was... Uh, described in great detail on the pod last week, and obviously it's a big issue with the Illinois uh, sports betting law. So we have two mobile books that are live here in Illinois right now, Bet Rivers and DraftKings, and four brick-and-mortar uh, locations where you can go physically make bets. Uh, Bet Rivers, or Rivers and Des Plaines, uh, DraftKings at Casino Queen, the Argosy Casino downstate in Alton, that's just north of St. Louis, which technically got the, the gold live back in March, uh, right when COVID was hitting. And the last one at William Hill over at Grand Victoria and Elgin. Those are the four. What's next? Well, points bet is coming soon, very soon. Hawthorne Park got its license at the Illinois Gaming Board meeting last Thursday. It should, I mean, it should be only a matter of weeks before Chicagoans can get down on the points bet app uh, from the comfort of their couches. What's better is that Hawthorne has partnered with off-track betting properties in the area, so it looks like Illinois bettors will have four different locations in the Chicagoland area where they can go register in person for the Points Bet app. Stay tuned for more in the coming days and weeks because it is coming. And despite Illinois completely making a mess of things, we do have sports back in full swing, and as good as August is looking, September is poised to be the biggest month of handle in terms of sports wage, or money wagered in sports betting history. The potential is there, and one of the events that's going to attract plenty of betting attention this month is the Champions League restart this week, later this week over in Europe with some of the world's best soccer teams going at it. So here's the Champions League setup with the restart. The final was supposed to be played on May 30th in Istanbul, but here we are now with a new schedule and a revised format. Uh, The competition returns Friday with the remaining second leg round of 16 fixtures, and those are going to be played at the stadiums of the home teams. The first leg already happened at you know the other team's stadium uh, several months ago, and some of those round of 16 um, fixtures were already decided. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, after that, the remaining eight teams for the quarterfinals, they head to Lisbon, Portugal, for a 12-day mini-tournament of single-leg ties, so just one-and-dones. 
This simply means the door is now open for a lot more variants, and just like in March Madness, anyone can win in a one-off, whereas you know two legs gives the better team double the time, you know, double the amount of time to exercise their superiority um, over the, the team that's not as good. So anything can happen, and this mini-tournament is set to take place in two stadiums in Lisbon, but before that happens, we have uh, Friday and Saturday matchups on those round of 16, those second leg fixtures, and then the quarterfinals take place over in, in Lisbon from August 12th to August 15th, and then the semifinals are August 18th and August 19th, and the final now for the Champions League is set for August 23rd in Lisbon. And per Jeff Sherman, odds maker at the Westgate in Las Vegas, there's been tons of handle at the Westgate on the teams to advance prices, and the futures are also drawing lots of interest. Uh, Real Madrid and Juventus are getting lots of action because they're losing after their, their first leg, so they have a you know, much bigger plus price, and those are big names. Uh, last night I sat down with Quincy and Oliver of the Top Class Finish podcast, both uh, who are no strangers to the Doggy Juice pod with multiple appearances in the past. Uh, we broke down this week's round of 16 matches and look ahead at the quarterfinal fixtures that are already set, so... Without further ado, here it is. All right, ladies and gents, it is a pleasure to bring back on the pod Oliver and Quincy from the Top Class Finish podcast. You should be familiar with them already. They've come on, uh, become a staple for soccer knowledge and, and the sharing of their knowledge here on the Doggy Juice pod and I'm happy to bring them back uh, with soccer and the Champions League coming back. How's it going, guys? It's going, man. Loving this uh, this pandemic life. <laughs> What's life out in uh, the East Coast like, Quincy? Um, it is. It's not. So being, I'm glad I'm in New Hampshire of all the of all the states. I would say personally, because like it's relatively safe. Um, with you know cases restrictions all that jazz um but it's also like really interesting being like so close to massachusetts where it's like still basically shut down yeah it's all right there i mean every state is like its own animal completely oh yeah like some states like maine have straight up banned like they only are letting in people from vermont and new hampshire like they're not letting people from uh massachusetts in at all (laughs) wow so like it's it's Really, really interesting how it is. But, yeah, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. Went to the beach the other day. Nice. Eat some some oysters. I don't know. I'm living I'm living life. Living your best quarantine life. Yep. And now I have sports, which are great. So now I, like, have a little something to take the edge off. We have sports everywhere. What about, what about you, Oliver? You, uh, how are things where you're at? Pretty good, man. It's, uh, I think... Where I'm at in Michigan, more people are just worried about being out on our boats and being out <laughs> on the water compared to almost anything else. And say only the outdoor parts of bars are still open, so they're trying to do their best to to curb this virus. But I mean, besides the mask, it's nothing too out of the normal, to be honest. Just got to be cautious. Yeah. Just got to be just got to be cautious, man. Speaking of masks, so ever since. Um Basically, whenever like allergy season started happening, uh, I've no, here's I'll say this I've been wearing my glasses since January up until two weeks ago. So, that meant that I was wearing my mask with my glasses pretty much all through quarantine. I 
just realized how easy a mask is without glasses, and I don't understand why people are complaining about this so much. <laughs> people love it. It is insane <laughs> to me. Like, without glasses, I could do this for, like, the rest of my life. <laughs> With glasses, I, I can't even understand. Like, the fog factor is just absurd yeah, to me. Yeah, I, when I wear my glasses, too, that's it always sucks, but... I didn't even know until two weeks ago. Like this is this is amazing. This is not that bad. That's yeah, really not, man. Well, luckily we can like get away from. That's the best thing about sports. We can just get away from all the bullshit that's happening out there and just focus in on on the stuff we love. And that's that's handicapping sports. And for you guys, soccer, you guys are the best in the biz. And I know pretty much jack shit about uh, what to expect from this restart on, on the Champions League. And it's. It's it's March Madness, only it's August and it isn't college basketball, it's soccer and, and we got some pretty pretty exciting uh next couple weeks on our hands with, with the Champions League. So just a quick um update on the futures odds before we dive in here um and break down the second leg um of four matchups that are taking place Friday and Saturday, and then we'll we'll quickly just take a peek at those two quarterfinal matchups that are already set. But updated odds, Man City, my team. My squad, they're the the favorites. These are via bet online. Uh, Man City's, and and always be sure to shop at the best price. That's what we always say here on the Doggy Juice Pod. It's true, and and these odds do vary by book. But for bet online, Man City plus two seventy five to hoist the trophy. Bayern is at plus three thirty. PSG plus five fifty. Atletico Madrid eight to one. Atalanta nine to one. I'm sure we'll have some nice things to say about Atalanta because that's crazy that they've moved up that much. Uh, Barca ten to one, um, RB Leipzig fourteen to one, Juve sixteen to one, Real Madrid twenty five to one, Napoli sixty six to one, and then the two heavy log shots at the bottom of the board: Lyon hundred to one and Chelsea one hundred fifty to one. Um, obviously, those odds reflect where we're at because some of those teams, namely um, uh, Real Madrid and Juve, they they're losing right now and heading into their second leg. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, obviously Real Madrid is to, to City, but Juve's losing there. So um, we have the second leg for four matchups on Friday and Saturday at the sites of the home teams, and then the quarterfinal round and the rest of the tournament from that point on will take place in Lisbon, Portugal. It's going to be a 12-day event uh, once the quarterfinals start there. But uh, two quarterfinal matchups are already set. PSG, who I know Oliver has been all over uh, to win this thing from the beginning. Uh, and they face off against Atalanta, and then Atletico faces off against Leipzig. We'll get to those later. But starting off with the first matchups, we got Friday. We might as well start with the team that's favored. My my uh, citizens, they're up two to one over Real Madrid. The second leg is in Manchester, so Man City's two away goals at the Bernabeu uh, mean everything here, obviously, because Real is going to have to go in uh, to the Etihad and score some points. Man City's minus one forty to win the match outright in the 90 minutes and uh, Real Madrid. It's plus 320 to win it if you think they're going to make the comeback. And over-under draws at plus 310. Over-under is at three, a little more juice on the over. Uh, you guys have um, any thoughts on this game? Do you think that Real Madrid can – and obviously they won La Liga, so they've had a little time now to focus on this. Do you think they can bring it to City and, uh, and escape uh, in advance? Uh, I We actually – I mentioned this on our pod – like our last episode, I think I there's just something about Real Madrid and Champions League that you really cannot count them out at all. Um, even with all this, I have them 
they are my favorite for winning Champions League. They're like my, if I'm listening to my heart, my, my favorite for winning Champions League. Um, <laughs> with, with that, though, I mean, this game is going to be tough for them because Sergio Ramos isn't going to be there. Like, he got a red card in the last, oh, that's a great point. Uh, last game. So, I mean, he's not the only thing that makes that team run. He, if he was playing, I think it would be a comfortable win, in my opinion. But without him being there, it's going to be a little tougher, but I still think they can get the outright win and advance. Yeah. What, Oliver, you got anything on this one? I mean, Madrid has been on, I think they're on an 11-game unbeaten streak, and they've won 10 out of the last 11. But just not having their captain on the field against a City team that's even without Aguero being a part of this match, it sounds like he's going to be able to participate if they do advance, but I think mm-hmm. I still got to ride with Man City with having those two away goals where Madrid has to go into Manchester. Even though there's no fans and the atmosphere is not going to be the same, but they still have to get a two-goal get a two-goal win in this match. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously, you guys know what I want to see here, and but I, I am kind of scared as a City fan just because, like, obviously all the pressure's on City. Uh, Quincy made the point before, Real Madrid's just like they're used to being here. They have, like, just that, like, factor you know like they're they're used to the big stage and and uh they're they expect to win you know against any team that they take the field against and it's tough because Aguero's out obviously with the injury and City although things are like you know they finished the season on a pretty strong note uh you know besides a couple hiccups uh and they have Pep and stuff it's just the pressure is going to be solely on on their shoulders in this one so I, I definitely wouldn't lay it with Man City in this you know to win it outright in the 90 minutes um, I don't know if there's enough value to play Real Madrid, but if you're going to be looking to, you know, bet Real in the futures market, you're better off just at least starting betting that plus 320 to win outright in the 90 minutes because they have to obviously to advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, but I'm just a little scared at stuff too. And it's also worth worthy to note here, and I want to hear you guys take on this. Like, I guess there's five subs allowed um, on the restart for the Champions League. They're allowing like five. Um, Instead of obviously the usual three subs, I guess you get five subs, and then you get an extra one for extra time. But I would think, in theory, obviously that's just going to help the teams that are stacked more because they have more players and stuff. It wouldn't matter in this matchup. But do you guys think that's going to matter a lot for like some of these other ones, where maybe like an Atalanta is not as stacked as a PSG, or like you know, or another matchup like a Lyon, obviously is not as stacked as a, as a Juve. I mean, it's definitely going to have its advantages, and I think for City. I think just that with them having the firepower that they have and being able to attack a back line that doesn't have one of their best players back there is going to be another pretty big difference maker in this match. So I think it benefits City. I think it definitely benefits Juve over Leon, who has only been able to play friendly matches throughout this whole time since March, while everybody else has been able to finish out their league. So that's another that's another big note I think for the both French teams with Leon and PSG. Well, let's move on to that Lyon game then, unless you guys have any final thoughts on, on City, because uh, they're they're minus 650 to advance. Real Madrid's plus 500. So actually, you know, even want to go that route with your your future. Then roll that over. But um, but Lyon, they won the first leg against Juve way back when. That must have been, what, like February. <laughs> uh, they won 1-0 to zero in the first leg. The second leg is in Torino, uh, home of Juve. Uh, that away goal will go a or in a way, goal will go a long way, obviously, for, for Leon here, if they could somehow find the score sheet. But uh, uh, Juve is a heavy favorite to to win the match outright. It's their minus 230. I guess that's not a heavy, heavy favorite, but 
minus two thirty Leones plus six fifty on or consensus on the take back to win outright and the draw is plus three fifty over under is two and a half uh juice on the over minus one thirty and and uh to advance this one's actually interesting because this is the closest one uh that we're gonna see that we're gonna talk about to advance Juve is minus one twenty five and Leones plus one oh five so the market's saying it's almost a coin toss, slight lean towards Juve, but do you guys think that uh that Juve gets this, the job done here at home? I think that they comfortably get the job done at home, cool. in my opinion. Um, they're already coming off of uh, off a high of winning their league. Um, all the players, to my knowledge, are healthy, ready to go. Cristiano, you can never, ever, ever count him out for any reason under the sun. If you need a goal, he'll get you a goal. If you need a win, he'll probably end up getting you a win. I would not even be surprised if he had – I know that he will probably have one goal in that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had two. If anyone will, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I would have to lean towards Juve too. I mean, it's just the uncertainty of what you're going to get from Leon. They did have uh, a cup final match against PSG over the weekend that finished in a 0-0 tie that they lost in penalties, but – Juve did. I I just gonna go with the team that's been playing and the team that I feel like on paper has the more talent, and the team that has Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I, <laughs> and they're at home. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's like, like I would say that I think Dybala would ha, is gonna be the man of the match for this upcoming match. I think he'll be the player that shines, but I really think it's gonna be tough for Leon to just find the energy to be in a, like a competitive match where all the other matches have been them trying to get back in the groove of things. Right. No, I mean, that's a good point. Just the whole fact, I mean, besides the tune up, obviously against PSG, they haven't had many opportunities in like those, you know, those stressful environments and, and uh, just playing at, at game speed at normal game speed. But um, it's gonna be interesting though. You know, if Leon, if Leon could find the score sheet, even like somewhat earlier, somehow, find the back of the net. Obviously that raises the UV left to score yes. twice. Obviously. Oh, because, that would be, that would, uh, oh yeah. Wiggle be change. Yeah. Because UV, uh, I hope if it happens, I would love for it to happen early just uh, as a soccer fan. Cause well, it's just open season at that point when with yeah, Ronaldo, it, the UV is just going to put the foot on the gas at that point. There's nothing else they can. Do. I wonder what the odds would be for the live bet. If Leon did go up early, uh, it would be interesting. I mean, Obviously, Juve minus two thirty would be. You'd still see a minus price if it, but you'd be able to hop on Juve winning outright. Obviously, way cheaper in that scenario. But uh, yeah, it's always interesting to like watch those like live markets because live soccer betting, I think, is like that's that's the way to do it. Obviously, because you can get a feel for things early on, and, mm-hmm. and maybe even unless you're like expecting an early goal, you know, if you're betting the favorite, you're going to get a better price on them if you wait it out. If you think it's going to be KG at the beginning, you know, teams are going to be a little more close to the vest. Like, you know, like today, like earlier today that, you know, the most expensive soccer match of the year or whatever, the, the, uh, the playoff for the, to get into the premier league from the championship, which uh Fulham won, obviously. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. that, they, that was zero, zero, the first or, or in the first 90 minutes. And uh, the teams just don't want to make that mistake. You know, it's like that, that cup final vibe. Um, and I think we could see that, especially in like, on like a neutral site like this and like a weird atmosphere, obviously. And, I don't know. It'd don't just know. be it'd be really interesting to see how Leon sets up in this, seeing that they have the one zero lead and 
they are the ones with the option of the away goal, like with playing in Juve, just to see how they set up. Where if if it's still one one, they're still going to overtime and they still have an opportunity to get to get something out of this match. Yeah. No, and they're right, and it's they're right there. So I mean, but it sounds like you guys both think that Juve to advance minus one twenty five is the way to go here. Um, even though it's like you know betting the more popular team and stuff, it's like it just makes sense because yeah. Have, yeah, the, the, the odds are there. The numbers are aren't anything too crazy. It's almost even. Yeah, that's not a bad way to go. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to Saturday then. Uh, we got one. This this one's spent too much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bayern's up three to zero over Chelsea in the first leg, uh, and that first leg was in London way back when. The second leg's in Munich. Bayern's got three away goals. Chelsea. Needs three and nothing from Bayern just to even it up. But uh, obviously Bayern's three away goals means that Chelsea's really going to have to go for it, which maybe is something to consider for the total. But unfortunately, it looks like, uh, unless you guys are hearing something, it looks like Pulisic and um, and Azpilicueta. As- Azpilicueta, yeah. they're, they're both out. So yeah. um, I hate to break it to Chelsea fans, <laughs> but like... It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it may, it, who, who's to say? Because you know it is soccer, all but a rational person would say it's not happening. Right. And if I'm putting money with it, it's definitely not. Well, it's one of those things where, like, so. I'm looking at you know the offshore sites and, and to go through, you know, to advance. They're not even offering buyer. You know, they're, they're like, <laughs> it's not even a two way market. It's just like I saw Chelsea thirty three to one and, and nothing on buyer and this stuff. So that's. No, it's it's pretty much a done deal that Byron's going to go through. But I mean, there's something to be said for like Chelsea, not really, oh, care, yeah. you know, just having no pressure whatsoever. And they you know Lampard can roll out whatever lineup he wants. And and uh, I don't. Do you guys think there's like it's like looking at the because Byron's favored minus two seventy five to win this game, but they have no pressure. You know, unless early on Chelsea, you know, scores early. But Chelsea's at plus six fifty on the win. The draw is plus four thirty. But the total three and a half. Uh, unders minus 125. Do you guys think there could be any value maybe on the total here if Chelsea's willing to like get experimental and Barca, you know, I don't know if Byron's going to be rolling with their best guys later it, on in the match? It all depends. It, I'd feel a lot better if it was three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be honest, but you, uh, you can get three and lay a lot more, you know, big, but yeah, right, uh, right. You know. But uh, I mean, Byron's so deep and going back to just having the, the five subs, like. Even if they're only going to be playing some of their stars only for twenty to thirty minutes, there's like by the end of that game, especially if Chelsea's say if Chelsea gets one and they're looking to attack, they're just going to be opened up. And Byron has, I'm not going to say he's going to win the Golden Boot, but he is pretty much. I'd be very <laughs> shocked if somebody catches him with Lewandowski yeah. having eleven goals already. And I think the next closest person is at like six or seven. Wild, yeah. So I, I, I would be helpful. I think I think Byron's set up to to move on through to the next round without any problems. I think so too, and and if not, you can make a, a shit ton of money on uh, betting the opposite of that. Right now. And if, if I mean, really, hats off to you if you did. Right. But. <laughs> it's not with my money. It's not going to happen. No. no. <laughs> All right. Well, the other one is going to be, at least according to the odds, a lot more interesting uh, on Saturday. Uh, Barcelona against Napoli. They're level one to one after the first leg. The second leg is in Barca, so Napoli will obviously have to score uh, Saturday in order to make a game of it because the tiebreaker obviously will go to Barca. And uh, 
Barca's favored to win the match, minus 150. Uh, Napoli plus 420 um, to win the match in 90 minutes. The draw, 3-1. to one. Over-unders at 3. The unders, uh, minus 125. And to advance, Barcelona's minus 280. Uh, Napoli, plus 240. So, you know, it's they're, they're essentially saying that, you know, uh, you know, break, you know, breaking the two and a half that Barca's cup going to advance about 72, 73 percent of the time. Uh, but do you guys think uh, that Napoli, you know, there might be value in, in Napoli there? Or do you think Barca winning or advancing 72, 73 percent of the time is is about where the line should be? I think the line is right where it needs to be. And I know Barcelona supporters think the world is crumbling, but. <laughs> I was going to say, like, they think that they're a club in shambles right now. But they they, they, so, they have one of the greatest soccer players that's ever played on their team. And if there's an opportunity for it, I think, especially with their odds, where they're yeah. at just to win Champions League, if they have Messi on their team at the end of the day. And, and if there's an opportunity in a cup final, I think they can get their games, to get their stuff together for two or three matches to make right. it to the final and possibly make some noise. And they're just not bad. They like, have, they they have, they have <laughs> talent. Right. It's, it's kind of like a college football team. And even when they have like a down, you know, they're still getting five-star recruit, like a team you know, like in Alabama or an LSU or something like they're still getting five-star recruits. Barcelona is still getting those top guys to sign with them. Even when it's a quote unquote off year, you know, by their standards, they're still Barcelona, you know, they're, they're getting the top dogs to come play for them. And, um, I can't help but think that there might be value on them. I mean, usually, you know, you'd see it's almost like you have to look twice to see Barca just favorite minus one fifty at home in a game that they. I mean, I guess they're okay with the draw, but I don't know. It seems to me like it could be a little short, but that could that could just be a square opinion for all I know uh, on Barca. Uh, something in my gut just like is screaming out that Barcelona and that mentality that they have right now towards themselves is going to leak over into this game for some reason. So I would really not be shocked if Napoli was able to advance in some capacity from this game Look at, it. at all. Because, I mean, everyone has their heads down at Barcelona right now. I, th- I think the little lashing that Messi gave them after, I think it was their second to last game, or it could have been their last game, I think. Uh, I just think they're going to have a little spark, at least at least for this match. I think yeah, going on. I think going on to moving on into the bracket, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for them because they'll be running the Bayern. But I think they'll get past Napoli. Mm-hmm. Well, it's looks like they should, but obviously, like anything could happen. And uh, and Napoli, I mean, it, that's that's like kind of the theme of this whole thing. I mean, kind of like the March Madness angle, just having one-off matches, obviously from the quarterfinals on, and and you know, really from this point on now too. I mean, it's like a win and go home scenario for every team and every See, match. I'll- but I yeah. say outside of the Bayern Chelsea match, everything is pretty yeah. much yeah, like yeah, cup, exactly. Everything's like a cup final. Exactly, yeah, it is, and it's like it's just interesting, like a, a, a new dynamic kind of, and you know, you could have that, you know, just one-time mentality and stuff. But yeah, I mean, Barcelona, it's like yeah, just minus two eighty, and it's probably correctly priced, and I, I don't know, I have no good feel either way, but um, sounds like it would be a big surprise to see Napoli get the job done too. But um, so. Obviously, those are the matches that are happening Friday and Saturday that we just covered, but we do have two quarterfinal matchups already set, and that's PSG versus Atalanta. PSG is, I mean, this is like crazy. 
to what, when I saw this. And I know Atalanta is like quite the story. Maybe one of you guys can explain to the people here on the podcast why Atalanta has been such a crazy story. But like PSG is minus 140 to advance in the quarterfinals and Atalanta is plus 120. I mean, this is crazy. And, and then for their first match, uh, you know, both teams are plus money to win the match outright. PSG's plus 130. Atalanta plus 190. The draws plus 275. But do you guys think that, I mean, is it just me, my knee-jerk reaction, thinking that, like, I should be betting PSG here? Or, like, what what's the deal with Atalanta? Why have they all of a sudden, like, risen to this level of excellence? I mean, Oliver, you got yeah. that. <laughs> You've been singing their praises well, I, all season. I, I will start Atalanta. I mean, they're coming off another great season in Serie A. They finished third. They clinched another Champions League spot, so they'll be back in this tournament. And, I mean... Since the restart, they were on a up to their last match against Inter. They were on a twelve-game unbeaten streak, and even including the games before, they were on a twenty-game unbeaten streak, all the way up to the match against Inter. I think over the weekend, and they scored damn near a hundred goals this season. Yeah, that's that offense. I know it's nuts. And in Syria, so I think you're getting that with just the type of form they they've been in throughout pretty much the whole entire season, to be honest. And I. Th- there's still a chance of Mbappe coming back to play for PSG, but it looks like he will not be available for that match. Yeah. But nobody really knows, and I think that's part of the reason you're seeing the uh, how close the odds are there. Right. Oh, yeah, and PSG's left back, uh, he's injured too. So, okay. like, I think injuries are the thing that's holding PSG back in this one. So and and also I mean like and the same thing with like what Leon we said they've only been able to pre- play friendlies outside the 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 final that they just played this past weekend mm-hmm. and it's just like it's always tough to replicate that type of feel that type of energy that you get in these type of matches when you've been off since March right. but at the same time like when we're talking about Juve and Barca they still have Neymar and Neymar since like during the friendlies and during this uh, throughout these matches before they're going into this match against uh Atalanta he's actually been playing pretty well so we'll see if he's able to carry the load until Mbappe comes back but as I said on our podcast the other day that I think I if if Mbappe's in it I would still be riding with PSG but if he's hurt I can't see them winning champions league this year and I have have a backup pick Oh, good. You want to save that for the end? Because the next ma- they're in the next match that we're going to be covering. Oh, oh perfect. That went to perfect. Oh, interesting. Muy bien. So the PSG, I mean, if that explains it, then the, the injury stuff that you were talking about, Quincy and, and Oliver, too, like the the fact that obviously Mbappe is injured, left, I think you said the left back, Quincy's out. Yeah. Like, yeah, that helps explain the line being a little tighter than I thought it would be because, you know, if like, what if someone told you back in like, you know, October that PS2 would be minus 140 to advance over Atalanta in a quarterfinal Champions League match, like in a one off match? Like, you just wouldn't believe it. Even probably, to be honest, like in January, February would have been a crazy thing to say. Yeah, but, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have believed but, it. Um, but it sounds like the market's sharp on this, or at least sharp to the point where, you know, they're factoring in all that stuff with PSG being having to lay off and everything, but um, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be a good one. And Atalanta has been like quite the story. And I know you guys have been on them. I know like Andy was tooting their horn. Um, yep. I think Andy, back in like December or something like that. Pretty much. I, I mean, pretty much the whole entire Champions League, Andy's been talking about these guys 
and their goal, like their goal scoring prowess, like where they can bang in two or three goals and, and be able to win a match three, two or four to three. Crazy. Is it like, I don't know if you guys know that know much about this, but is it because like they're, I think I read something about them, like actually like embracing analytics or something too, like being a lot more um, receptive to like, you know, using da- like data and like embracing new, like aggressive, like a new aggressive way to play a lot like a Pep Guardiola type of like a more aggressive type of system. I don't know if there's anything to that. Honestly, I'm not sure, but that's something that I will be diving into sometime throughout yeah. the week. So it makes sense. I mean, just seeing the results this year, just like a total outlier season, you would think, you know, from a club like them, but um, they've been quite the team to watch this for sure in the Serie A uh, this year. But all right, let's, let's break down the last one. Then we got, or the other quarterfinal matchup that we have that's set is Atletico against Leipzig or Leipzig. We haven't figured out the pronunciation still here. Uh, <laughs> Atletico is mine would or minus one fifty five to advance. Uh, Leipzig's plus one thirty five. So it's damn close. Obviously, Atletico's favored. They have the experience being in the spots, but this is going to be an interesting. One. I mean, the match plus one thirty five. Atletico Leipzig plus two thirty five. The draw. Plus two fifteen, pretty sure. The over under is two and a half. Pretty heavy juice out of the under uh, at minus one fifty. There, I don't know. It seems like I, I'm always thinking Atletico boring unders, but they sneak in that one to zero win. That's like their mo in the Champions League. But uh, it sounds like Oliver, you got some kind of play on this one, so I'll give it to you. What do you think? I really like Atletico with the draw and playing against uh, a Leipzig team who. Did pretty good qualify for Champions League next season in the Bundesliga, but they're not going to have their top goal scorer in Timo Werner. He will be off to uh, Chelsea this fall, and he said he will not be playing in Champions League. And uh, I'm going to put my trust in Diego Simeone. And, and you mentioned it in like these type of matches where they can win 1-0 and grind out a match. This team is prepared for it. They have players that have been in these type of situations. They have a coach that can get them right and bring that type of energy and level for each match throughout these knockout stages and all the way to the final. That's good. <laughs> nice, nice little plug right there <laughs> all the way to the final. Uh, yeah. Um, similar to Oliver. I don't think that with, when you're missing someone who's been so pivotal to your team in Timo, I can't see you getting past Madrid in this situation. Do you guys think there's also something to be said for like, you know, these matches are being played in Lisbon, Portugal, which is just, a little more maybe familiar for some of the Atletico players. I don't know. Spain and Madrid I mean, pretty far. I mean, at this point, I really don't see that. I, like, don't see it as any type of advantage to either team or any team in this tournament, to be honest. I think just no, fan, yeah, no fans, is no fans, situation. It's just like, who's going to be more mentally prepared and, more, and, and just right. technically ready for the match? So that's so that's the new so Oliver, you're you still got PSG. I mean, you you gave out PSG in a pretty hefty number. We 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 did our, the first podcast we did on the Champions League. But so is your official? If, if Mbappe is back. I will still ride with PSG. But if Mbappe is not back, and he misses either the Atalanta match or the match after, I just find it hard for PSG to. Possibly get through. They they possibly could, and their odds I think is slight, a little bit higher than they were at the beginning of the season. But mm-hmm. I would say my top two picks would be PSG and Atletico. And just to shout out our two buddies that aren't here, our pod buddies, uh, 
Andy's been riding with Bayern Munich since the start, and yep, Nate yep. On, the, on the last pod said he is going with Juve. So for them right. to win the win the Champions League, the odds are definitely in the favor of the better at plus 1,600. Yep. Yeah, and Juve, if they get through that first uh, – obviously, if they get if they take care of business at home, that's 16 to 1 all of a sudden becomes – Pretty damn mm-hmm. nice. You ain't gonna see. No, you're not gonna see a sixteen to one if they get through. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Friday. All right. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask the million dollar question now because Oliver. Last time it was just us three on the Doggy Juice Pod. It was the Champions League final a year ago, and Oliver gave out Virgil Van Dyke to be man of the match. At like no, no, no. That was Quincy. Quincy. Oh, no, that was me. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was Quincy that did. I'm sorry. Yeah, did I say Oliver? <laughs> I meant to say Quincy. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, sorry. No Quincy gave out. Virgil Van Dyke, like it was like forty-five to one or something like that, fifty to one. And, you know, we're not asking for a forty-five to fifty to one shot here. That's a little greedy for the people. But do you got anything good? Any good winners or any takes uh, for people here? It's so tough to say. <laughs> I, I wish I I wish I had the player props in front of me for the matches on like what's the odds on some players to score. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Not all the things I think are possible are not unrealistic. So. Right. And well, it's like a one-off too. It's like any anything could happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't give you anything like that until after this round's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm I'm totally there. My one thing that I mean, similar to Nate's bet, I would say right now, I Real Madrid's been my favorite pretty much throughout. Mm-hmm. I think if they can get through this game with City, then they are favorite to win the whole thing so it could pay off for someone depending on how it goes on plus, you, plus you can just get us back on when the finals is coming around and we can give out we can give out a couple uh, oh yeah we we will be going at it again absolutely and this is going to happen fast it's like it's crazy because i think it starts oh, yeah. uh the semis are august 18th and 19th the finals on the 23rd so literally in 20 days this will be done with this will be decided uh 20 days from now but we will definitely uh, break it down again for sure uh but yeah any any final thoughts from you guys i mean obviously follow you guys uh at top class finish the top class finish podcast which is a great ally to the doggy juice podcast uh anything you guys want to plug or anything else besides we sign off here before we sign off here just check us out uh anywhere you can find the pods top at top class finish instagram twitter um and then just kick back and enjoy these games throughout these next couple of weeks here because uh Champions League in August. It doesn't sound right, but I'm all for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then we got EPL. But, I mean, oh, yeah, it's crazy because, like, you're just going to basically roll right into the next season. We're going right? to have, just, have, like, a two-week break. Like, the Community Shield, I think, is two weeks after. I don't know if they're going to be doing the Community Shield, but it would be, like, two weeks after the final. Why not? I'd love for Arsenal to have a chance to start the season off with a trophy. Oh, Quincy, here we go. Oh, Quincy, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, all I got to say is we deserve it because we waited a few months for this. And uh, even though it's not going to look the same way that, you know, we're used to it being, we're still going to get it. And oh, it's going to feel I'm the confident. same. It's yeah. going to feel the same. Oh, I'm going to be buzzing. I mean, I was going crazy watching the uh, promotion game today. And that's just a promotion game. I don't even care about that game. Right. But like... What happened in it was amazing today, and I'm, it's Champions League. That's where some of the greatest soccer happenings occur. Where, this so. is where legends are made. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm excited. For and, and, you know, Oliver, you just said it's going to be the same, but the one thing that's not going to be the same is the 
Man City success in the Champions League because we're going to win it this time. Oh, I can feel God. it. Pep's, Pep's going to get it done. You, Real Madrid's going to break your heart so much. <laughs> in like three days. That's really something else to take into consideration is like Man City is cursed <laughs> in this competition. <laughs> but they are. They absolutely are. I don't know why they're ranked so highly in this competition. <laughs> Based on their track record, oh, we could uh, we could reminisce in twenty days how how wrong you were on this one. We <laughs> shall. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. As always, it was great hearing the insight. And uh, take care in the meantime. I'll talk to you guys soon on here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Good talking to you. It's been too long. It has been pleasure talking to you. Don't forget to check us out. Top class finish. We will. All right. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Yeah. Peace. All right. Thanks again to Quincy and Oliver for coming on the pod again. Be sure to follow them over at the Top Class Finish Podcast. I'll definitely be bringing them back on later this month as the tournament progresses. But for now, let's take a look at some betting angles for the first golf major of 2020, the PGA Championship at Harding Park in San Francisco. You clowns can't beat that. It's the best shot I ever hit. You haven't been playing long. It's a Hall of Fame shot. Yeah, yeah. nice shot, Mr. Barry. Larry, please. Nice shot, Mr. Larry. So for the first major of the year, we're looking at a par 70 course, 7,234 yards. It's going to run long this week. And per VEASAN, six of the ten par fours measure 450-plus yards, two drivable par fours. Those are holes number 7 and 16. Pebble Beach and Torrey Pines are nice comps this week, you know, for those looking for some crossover uh, success from golfers. And word on the street is the rough is about four inches high next to the fairways. A guy struggled at the Memorial with about three and a half inch rough. So this week is going to be even tougher for golfers who can't stay on the fairway. There will also be a lot of wind this weekend, particularly later in the day. So if you're looking to bet into the first round leader markets, which is more of a crapshoot just to begin with, uh, you'd be prudent to target guys who are teeing off early on Thursday instead of later on in the afternoon. And in terms of stats that are especially important to look at for this week's event, uh, strokes gained off the tee, total driving, scrambling, length off the tee, and, and skill and approach shots just in general. Uh, being the most important things that I've been looking at. Uh, I think that there is some credence to the notion of looking to play against golfers without many competitive rounds under their belt versus guys who have been you know, playing a lot for the past few months or at least you know, in tournaments and actual, you know, actual tough competition the past few weeks and months. So, you know, Adam Scott applies here. This is his first tournament back. Tiger also applies here. He's been sitting out uh, for quite a while now. Brooks Kepka will be trying to be the first golfer to win three straight Wanamaker trophies since Walter Hagen in 1926. Uh, things weren't looking too good at all for Brooks uh, heading into last week due to his knee until last weekend, of course, when he almost won over at FedEx St. Jude. He started just with an amazing first round and never really looked back, and he was right there at the end until he, he found the water in the 18th hole, and uh, Justin Thomas ended up taking that one home. Interestingly, the last 32 majors that have been played have been won by a top 50 player in the world golf ranking. So that's something interesting to consider um, heading into this week's event. In terms of odds, it's more important now 
than ever before to shop around for the best price because odds vary from book to book on golf so much, um, especially you know, when they're balancing their liability, especially since golf's becoming so damn popular to bet right now. But uh, Brooks Koepka and Justin Thomas, last week's uh, two you know, top guys at the top of the leaderboard last week, they're uh, your short shots on the board at around 10 to 1. And both of them are seeing a healthy dose of action from the betting public. And then you have Rory and, and Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau sitting right there in the mid-teens, followed by one of my favorite picks this week and a guy who I've been on for the past few weeks um, who has finished top 20 in four straight tournaments and in five of his last six, and that's Xander Schauffele, who did see a major move in the marketplace yesterday, according to Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. He Schauffele is number one in ticket count at the Westgate. Uh, fortunately, I got down on him at 20 to 1. Now he's sitting around 16 to 1 consensus, although you can still find him around 18 to 1 right now. He could be had for that price. And for a guy who's right at that level with the best of them, you know, like the, those top tier guys, when you look at all the advanced metrics, Shuffle is the best value on the board. You know, and along with, with Rom, too, Rom at the right price, um, if you can get him up there, even north of like 16 to 1 uh, among the top tier of golfers. So. But Xander's on my card this week for sure. And for those not aware, my golfing strategy, I mean, just in terms of of golf betting, like just a big picture view, you're not going to win money long term trying to win the futures market. I mean, short term, yeah, you could hit it on any given week. But long term, that's not where you're going to make the most money. Of course, there are edges to be found, of course. But matchups is where most pros make their hay in golf betting. So matchups is where all the value is, but there is value in the futures market as well. So what I end up doing for most tournaments or for every tournament that I'm betting golf on is I target golfers, obviously with value or what I believe to be perceived value on the betting board. And I'll spread out, I'll I'll diversify uh, on them, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll establish like a group of quote unquote horses that I'm betting on and I'll bet them, you know, to, it's almost like a win play show, but I'm betting them to win up at the top five, top 10, top 20. And, of course, finding the best price I could find in each of those markets for each of the golfers. And I'll really spread it out um, for each for each tournament on those, those quote-unquote, main horses for the tournament. And then I'll look to target those guys in matchups as well, those horses, quote-unquote horses. So with that in mind, here are my plays for this week, the PGA Championship. My main card, my top horses, there's not that many. But Xander, who I already mentioned to you, he's 20-1. to 1. That's where I got him. And, uh, and obviously in the top five, top 10, top 20 market. The other guy, Tommy Fleetwood, can be found at 45 to 1. That's where I got him. I love the way he finished on Sunday at St. Jude, and he's going to be very used to these conditions um, at, at TPC uh, Harding Park. And he's undervalued by the market right now, in my opinion. He's been over for, he's had two tournaments under his belt now since um, coming back across the pond after sitting out at the start of the season been able to gain some momentum. I really like the way he finished Sunday, and I feel like he's you know, just at that price. He's definitely worth a look. I don't like that he's teeing off later on Thursday, but if anyone can handle the wind early on, it's, it's Fleetwood. And then the other guy that I've really um, I've been on the past few weeks and, and made some money on him last week is Billy Horschel at 125-1, to 1. and yes, that number is still out there. He's still undervalued big time in the markets, so Billy Horschel is definitely a guy I think can, uh, can contend this week, and I'm really hoping he will. Those are my big dogs, but here are the other golfers on my card, the quote-unquote smaller horses, you might say. Matthew Fitzpatrick, but the number has moved on him, and the value has been sucked away since the start of the week, so you're not going to get the same price 
uh, betting him now across the board as you would have uh, at the beginning of the week. However, you could still find some decent value on him in the top five, top ten markets, I think. Uh, top ten, I'm seeing you could find around ten to one if you can get up there, even nine to one, ten to one. That's just right there, top ten for Fitzpatrick. Uh, some books are slower to move on those, so be sure to shop around. Jason Dye at around 40 to 1, and I don't think I got the best number on him there at all, but I don't have as much exposure on Jason Day this week, too, um, as I do on Fitzpatrick or any of the other aforementioned golfers. But Day has really turned things around the past few weeks. He's been at the top of the leaderboard um, week after week, seemingly. He's in great form entering this week, and I think the conditions could really set up well for him. Uh, things break right. And then I took smaller nibbles on, on a few golfers, one of them being Shane Lowry, uh, around 100 to 1. He has come down as well since that time. He got his caddy back last week, brings some momentum. Uh, he also won a major in the win last year, and he's still top 30, top 25, number 26 in the world right now, and he's being priced that way in, this week. So there's definitely value on him, although he has come down. Um, nibbled on Cantley, Patrick Cantley, 25 to 1. I think we see a nice bounce back from him. And then Tony Finau, just a little bit. Only outrights on, on Cantley and Finau for me so far. Uh, but I may shop around for uh, for some top fives, tens, and twenties on those guys um, heading into uh, before uh, the first tee tomorrow. Um, Morikawa, I had him 40 to 1 from weeks ago, but uh, which is not bad at that price uh, considering he went to the school out in the Bay Area and he's familiar with the surroundings. But I wouldn't really touch him at his current market price, although... Since he teased off early on Thursday and has performed well statistically in round ones, I wouldn't mind targeting him in round one matchups this week, so that's an angle to consider as well. And I may end up, I mentioned it before, I may end up targeting Rom uh, for a small bit, especially if his price can go up a little bit more. I was on him a few more a few weeks ago when he won it, got him at 18 to 1, and he, he was ranked number one then after that tournament. Um, but you know, I think he's undervalued again after that brief two-week stint he had as the world number one. Might be looking to get it back and looking to get a major. And his fellow Spaniard, Sergio Garcia, could also be worth a look this week in matchups in the outright markets. I haven't gotten to play on him yet, but he's still one of the best drivers of the ball out there. And if he gets hot with the putter, he can definitely contend this weekend too. Um, in terms of matchups, I am using all of the above to target matchups, but I'm also looking to fade DeChambeau. As I said earlier, the longer rough may be especially tough for a bomber like him, and he's ranked number 112 in driving accuracy percentage. Getting some other top-tier golfers at plus money against him is something I'm looking to do heading into tomorrow. And I'm also fading Tiger this week in some matchups with the main angle being him you know, not playing the past few weeks, and he's you know, just that's a price play. But I think it's pretty prudent move to maybe look to, to fade Tiger this week in a few matchups. But in general, just look for inefficiencies in the golf market. And last week with Bet Rivers was a perfect example. Um, when you really look at, through the golf markets and you get familiar with the prices and you're and you're shopping around, you can notice some very efficient, inefficient, um, or even st- you know, maybe a stale line at a at a site. Um, but Bet Rivers was hanging about four matchups that I, I, I posted on Twitter that were wildly off the market consensus to the point where you can actually arbitrage. I mean, you could lock in, you know, 10, 15 cents of, um, of an arb move there. And, and, uh, bet rivers, they, they were, they had lines. I mean, they were like 45, 50 cents off. Some of them were even more than that off. And on the same day that, uh, that the night before and the same day that the tournament started last Thursday, it started a little bit later in the morning, but, um, 
those ended up just going two and two, those four plays that I posted on that. But I guarantee you that you will profit big time in the long run betting into closing lines that are 30 to 50 cents off the market consensus, especially with a more liquid market, which golf is starting to fit into more and more. I've been saying it here for a while that golf is one of the most exciting sports to handicap moving forward, and it's only going to get better uh, with the expansion of legalized uh, sports betting here in America. And that's also from you know the standpoint of just the excitement of golf, from the standpoint of finding edges and opportunities to make some good coin. You are my friend, right? You are my ally. You are my associate, my personal assistant. You are my weapon. You are leaving. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As usual, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, and be sure to check out Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News for sports betting info and analysis. I'll have those NFL buy and sell teams coming for you guys soon, so be on the lookout for that and more. Uh, in upcoming episodes as we dive into an incredibly busy sports schedule with games coming at us from all angles, no doubt providing plenty of opportunities to beat the market and gain edges in the process. All right, guys, good luck on your bets, and I will talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out. <laughs>